It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, that's not exactly how we were hoping that game would go. That was an embarrassing loss for this Reds team. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you some positive vibes, though, because I'm telling you what, I after the game was over, I was frustrated. I was mad, but I got some different thinkings now that I've slept on it a bit. Also, I have something on David Bell's, a, a take on David Bell that I'm ready. I, I feel as though I've thought through it. I've I've built it out and we're ready to go. And I've got some trade thoughts coming up here in today's episode. Thank you for joining me here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's get going. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans and baseball fans alike? Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, and this is the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a loss, the snapping of the win streak. We were hoping, I even mentioned something about it getting to six possibly yesterday. Maybe might have jinxed that a little bit, but. Uh, it didn't get there. They snapped it last night in very uh, monumental fashion. We're going to talk about the feelings on this game, the bipolar nature of this Reds team, and I've got some thoughts on David Bell and some trades all coming up for you here today on the podcast. Before we jump into that, though, make sure that you are subscribed to this YouTube channel if you're watching me right here. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to, and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, so yesterday sucked. It was awful, terrible, no good, very bad day for us Reds fans and for the Reds alike. Uh, watching that game, you would be fair if you questioned whether or not the Reds were done. After the eighth inning, they just said, all right, we're good. Pack it up. Let's go home. Kind of forgot that they had to get six more outs. And you saw some bad errors. A Eugenio Suarez error on a surefire double play ball might have been the biggest, uh, most costliest play in the string of 
terrible events later on in that game on Tuesday night. And when you think about, well, the bullpen snapped its scoreless streak and things like that, there are some mitigating circumstances there. I mean, you talk about CNL Perez coming in. First guy he faces gets the strikeout, but Tyler Stevenson drops strike three. Don't get me wrong. Stevenson is going to be a great catcher for the Reds. This is his rookie year. He's going to make mistakes like that. The only thing is that opened up the door that Andrew Benintendi with two outs hit a two-run home run and captured some momentum. The Royals were dead at that point. They had nothing going. Nobody was thinking about a comeback, anything like that. And then all of a sudden, three-run ball game. Now, three-run ball game should be enough for a professional bullpen. However, when they don't have the defense behind them helping them out, you can kind of see why the lead evaporated and turned into a loss. I don't I don't put really any blame on any of the bullpen guys. I, I don't know that I, I still keep going back to this take. This take has not changed. I don't want to see CNL Perez in any sort of leverage at all. Like I want the Reds to be up by 10 when this dude comes into the ballgame. And him being on the roster, he is a definite uh, send-down candidate whenever you get some guys healthy, namely Michael Lorenzen, who had a rehab appearance last night in Louisville and pitched a perfect inning. So hopefully he is ready for the final couple of games in Milwaukee this weekend. That is the goal for him. So Cino Perez is an easy uh, chopping block candidate there. But when I look at this, I I was mad. I was cursing, throwing things, all that good stuff. Uh, But after sleeping on it, you know what? It's one loss. And yes, there is a mounting list. And you're going to say, Jeff, there's like at least five or six. Because this was the first thing I said after that game ended. There's like five or six of these losses that the Reds have so far this season where it's like they should not have lost that game. They should have won that game, and they turned it into a loss, and those are the kind of games that playoff teams win. There's so many games on that list, and yet here they are. Think about this. This This is the bipolar nature of the Reds. Coming into this season, if I told you they're going to ha- not have Nixon Zell for most of the season, they're not going to have Mike Mustakis for most of the season, Sonny Gray is going to be on and off the IL, and when he's off the IL, he's only kind of productive, and for half of this, for half of the half of the season, Luis Castillo is going to be bad, and not just bad, but like he's going to have people talking about whether he should be sent down bad. You'd say that this team was done. You'd say this team was out of it, but they're not. They've had guys step up who we weren't expecting. They've had rookies like India and Stevenson just absolutely explode onto the scene. They've had Tyler Naquin come out of nowhere. They've had some different pitchers. They've had Wade Miley figure things out even far and beyond whatever positive Wade Miley people were saying this offseason. It's been fantastic to see Joey Votto in the way that he hits now. I, I love what he has done here in uh, this, his age 37 season. So with all of that said, as many negatives as you can point to, I can point to as many positives. And because of that, I'm not that mad. I kind of let that loss, you know, marinate a little bit last night, had me a nice beverage to kind of forget about it a little bit. And now I'm feeling okay, because here's the deal. There is one guy on this team player wise who I look at and say as long as he is on the roster the Reds can go somewhere as long as he is on the roster he can help 
galvanize this team and really bring it together and get it going on a street. And that is Nick Castellanos. I never would have imagined I, I, the the deal that Dick Williams made for him whenever they signed him with an opt out after the first and the second year. You're thinking, OK, this guy's going to make a nice impact and then he's going to be out of here. He has made such an impact on this ball club and changing the way that they just focus on the game, the way that they understand winning baseball. And it's amazing to see. He has been far and away the most valuable player on the Reds team and absolutely within the argument against Fernando Tatis and Jacob deGrom for the most valuable player in the National League. Without Nick Castellanos, I don't know where this team would be. Pretty sure this team would be under 500. Pretty sure about that. But he has been absolutely phenomenal, both statistically and also like in the clubhouse. It was interesting. Chris Welsh uh, was talking on the radio broadcast last night whenever things were going good and and he had just and Castellanos had just hit his double but he was talking about Castellanos approach to the game and the way that he understands baseball and he told Welsh he said um I'm trying or every time I'm up there at the plate I'm trying to remind myself you don't swing for me you swing for the team because every time I swing for me I hurt the team that's brilliant that is leadership stuff man that is like I'd vote for that guy for president. Phenomenal. He's he's not worried about trying to hit the ball to Tennessee. He's not trying to, you know, get a million RBIs in one swing. He's like, how can I best help my team right now with this at bat? That is his mentality. And he was even talking because Welsh went, went on to talk about that this was in the context of talking about that hitting streak that he had earlier this season. You remember when we were starting to count, we got past 20 and we're like, okay, this is going pretty good. This is where he came up with his mentality. He's like, I'm not worried about the hitting streak. I'm worried about winning. I'm worried about my team getting those W's. That's all that matters. I want him here forever. Make sure that he stays here forever because with Nick Castellanos, this Reds team is a much stronger ball club. And because of that, I'm not that worried about that kind of a deflating loss. Sure. I mean, what did we say about the Padres loss? There were plenty of people that were pretending doom and gloom with that crazy ninth inning blow up in San Diego. What happened after that? They went on a run and they're above 500 and they're contending in the National League Central. Why is this going to be any different now? They got a great opportunity coming up this weekend against the Brewers, and they're going to have a great opportunity on the other side of the All-Star break against the Brewers to really turn this into something. So I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be a bad week. This is going to really ruin the first half of the season. It's going to give us bad vibes going into the All-Star break. Uh-uh. Nick Castellanos is reason number one. Reason number two is David Bell. And there's a lot of people that just got really mad at me for saying that. I'm going to tell you why here in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that this episode of the Locked on Reds podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is like a conference call that you actually want to be on because they're just talking about sports. You download the app today on your iOS device or your Android device, <clears throat> and you can join rooms talking about Major League Baseball, the Reds, there's the NBA playoffs going on, NHL, there's players, there's coaches, there's writers, there's just fans like you and me talking 
about everything going on. Check it out today. The Spotify Green Room app. Whenever you download it, create your profile and link your Twitter and follow me at Jeff Carr with three F so that you can get notified when I go live. I'm going to be going live later this week for a chat about our red legs. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. All right, so um, to everybody who just got mad about that little tease that I got, and because there's so many David Bell detractors, it's it's kind of funny to me because number one, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface everything that I'm about to say with this: when you look at all of the major professional sports in our great nation, when it comes to baseball, the manager slash coach, because you don't call them managers in football or uh, base or basketball or something like that, but the manager slash coach has the least amount of effect, in my opinion, on the game. Sure, they can bring in a reliever here or there. They can make a substitution here or there. They can call for a shift. They can call for a, uh, you know, walk a guy in a weird situation, stuff like that. But for the most part, baseball is determined by the talent on the roster and the players on the field. As, As good a team as anybody's got, you could about put you or me as a manager and we're gonna win. I mean, let's be honest. Sparky Anderson is one of the best managers of all time because he managed one of the best teams of all time. How does Sparky Anderson do with the 2017 Reds? How does he do with the 2003 Reds? Things like that. Like, I get it. He's a great manager, but he managed great players. That's how it works, and that's what he would say, too, when you're talking about his legacy as a manager. So I preface all that to say this. I like David Bell. I want David Bell here much longer. I want them to extend him for multiple years, not just one year. I want David Bell to be the manager of the Reds for a while, like at least three or four more years. Now, before you turn off the YouTube broadcast here or before you turn off the podcasting app, let me tell you why. You're going to say David Bell, Jeff, just loves to get out in front of the camera late in games. He loves to make all these double switches and changes and things like that. And we never know if they actually work. Let me, let me posit to you the uh, bullpen he's been handed. We don't really have to go into detail as to who they are. We all know who they are. And we've heard so many people, including myself, call them bargain bin guys, garage sale type dudes, the uh, bottom of the barrel there. The Reds just tried to find the cheapest guys possible that somehow fit this team. And it worked. David Bell has managed that team to the record that they currently have. They're 44 and 41 with a bullpen that is barely better than the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies are nowhere near contention for anything let alone their division, definitely not the wild card. They're out of it. They're done. They're sellers. Officially, they were sellers like a month ago. And the Reds have a bullpen that is right there with them. And somehow the Reds are contenders. I think you give that to the manager. So many people love to blame David Bell for this substitution that didn't work out or that substitution that didn't work out. Have you ever considered that eventually, at some point, it's the player's responsibility to come through for his guy? The manager's not going to be able to get out there and swing the bat. He's not going to be able to get out there and pitch the ball. He's not going to be able to get up there and throw the ball first. At some point, it's the player's responsibility. David Bell is fantastic at at least knowing the strengths of his players. And whether or not they come through, that's not his fault. 
That's the player's fault. That's the strategy element of the game, which is what we fans see. It's what it's easy to argue and talk about and get mad about and yell at the manager for doing this. Here's something that you don't see. And they talk about this all the time. And you can kind of extrapolate from interviews what this is. When it comes to the bullpen or the bullpen, the locker room mantra, the feeling of the team, the the kind of MO, if you will, the manager does have a lot to do with that. Think about your workplace. Maybe you've gone through a trying time. Maybe there was a point where you were short-staffed. A lot of people are short-staffed nowadays. Maybe you're going through a period where you know, profits were low or, or things looked bleak. How did your manager react to that? The good ones don't go too high or too low. In fact, when you think about the qualities of a good manager, no situation is too bleak, no success is too great, and there is no opponent that is too good, and there's no opponent that is too bad. If you listen to David Bell's interviews and things like that, the way that he talks, he talks about the Royals as if they are a contender. I was listening to his talk with Tommy Thrall before the game in the manager's comments section of the inside pitch. And he was talking about, he's like, this Royals team, man, they, they're really talented. They can, they can really uh, score runs. They can get at you at a lot of different ways. And us fans were looking at the Royals like, dude, the Reds should sweep these guys. These guys aren't good. They're going through a bad stretch. And David Bell is not that guy. David Bell's not going to come into the room and tell guys that they can take a day off because they're playing a bad team, but he's also not going to come into the room and just start reaming into guys. There's so many fans that want David Bell to be that guy that just grabs a dude by the shoulders and shakes him and like hit the damn ball, Gino. No, he's not going to do that. David Bell is a mild mannered middle of the road. The players know that they can go to him in any situation and he's going to be calm. Whether they win by 10, they lose by 20, they clinch the division, or they just uh, got eliminated from the playoffs in August. Uh, he is always going to be the same level-headed guy. That's what you want in a manager, period, plain and simple. I want to work for that guy. I would love to play for David Bell. That's why you always hear players talking about like getting his back because they got his. They, or he, got, <laughs> he got their back. That's, that's the way that this goes. David Bell is a fantastic manager. He should be with the Reds for a long time, and that is now the stance of the Lockdown Reds podcast and Yours truly, Jeff Carr. I, I want David Bell to be the manager for a while. I also want Derek Johnson to be around for a while, but I think that I want him to be like a Leo Mazzoni or a Mike Maddox, like lifetime pitching coach for the Cincinnati Reds. Like just hand him a blank check. Say, Whatever you want, dude, stay here. You're really good at what you do. And keep David Bell around for a while too. All right, we've got some, uh, we got some trade ideas coming up here in just a minute. Before I get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the snack that I've been telling you about for a long time. It's made with 100% real chocolate, so it tastes amazing, but it's also healthy for you too. It's like 130 calories, less than four grams of net carbs and sugar, and up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein. It is the snack that will take your game and send it into the stratosphere. Your snack game will completely transform when you add Bilt Bar to the mix because they've also got amazing flavors. Uh, along with the healthy statistics and things like that, you can be eating something called peanut butter brownie. 
You can be chomping down on some cherry barcia. You can be absolutely enjoying some mint chocolate brownie. Those are all flavors that sound like something that is like a million calories, not with Built Bar. Check them out today at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. You're not going to be dissatisfied because Built Bar is the best, prote- the best tasting protein bar on the market. Bar none, there's no chalky feel. Doesn't taste like cardboard. There's way too many protein bars that do. Built Bar is amazing. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. So we are entering trade season. And C. Trent Rosecrans had some quotes from Nick Crawl in a recent C Notes article on The Athletic that were at least positive. Uh, They weren't the beating around the bush, generalizing, yeah, maybe, kind of, sort of. He was a little bit vague in some of his statements, but for the most part, it sounds like he has the ability to go out and add a piece or two. His, his quotes were saying, like, you know, within reason, what makes sense for the team, things like that. So I believe they're looking. I believe that they are trying to add pieces to this team. They they look and they see different things and what they need. Bullpen is one of them. It's interesting to note that, you know, through this five-game win streak that they had, and and for the last couple of weeks, we, we talked about the bullpen success on a recent podcast, and it's almost thrown a smokescreen to the fact that a lot of these guys are pitching out of their socks, a little bit above, and in some cases a lot above, their current talent level. There's a reason that these guys were available for minimum league deals. I love the performances that they've given here so far, but that should not blind the front office to the fact that they need to go out and get a couple arms, maybe one or two. It'd be awesome to see at least one for sure. But I I got an interesting question and a shout out to Mitch on Twitter. He uh, sent me a DM asking me, what do you think of the Reds going and getting Cattell Marte from the Diamondbacks, and what do you think would be a suitable package? And I, I mean, a lot of that just has to do with what Arizona's looking for, but I'd be interested in trading for Cattell Marte. He's got some flexibility, can play shortstop, can play the outfield, so he would be a good add, and I think that he'd be a guy that you could slot in at that shortstop position every day. I know that Kyle Farmer just had a good night. He was a triple shy of the cycle. He's been hitting the ball pretty well here recently. And really, fielding-wise, he has taken to shortstop 
but I would still like to see them really move him back more into a utility role. The bench is stronger when he's coming off of it, not when he is the guy that they're bringing somebody off the bench to replace, i.e. Mike Freeman. So give me Cattell Marte. Want to see the Reds go get him. I, I'm not sure what that would cost. And to be honest with you, this is where the idea of trading gets a little hairy because I don't know who the Reds give up at this point. It's, you know, if you're going to contend, it's got to be minor leaguers. I, I don't, I no longer uh, like the idea. Maybe Aquino, maybe Tyler Naquin, one of the glut of outfielders. I don't want to think about anything involving Tucker Barnhart. That doesn't make any sense. The Reds have one of the strongest catching tandems in the major leagues, and I don't want to break that up. And plus, Tucker Barnhart is fantastic with his pitching staff. You would have to bring somebody up from the minors and get them up to speed right away, and who knows if that would even work. So I like the dynamic that they have for right now. If they're going to kind of change the way the catching pitcher looks. I want them to do that in the off season, not in the middle of the season. So if they're trading anybody, it's going to be from the glut of outfielders or from the minor leagues. Now we definitely don't want to trade Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, Jose Barrero. Uh, definitely don't want to trade Tyler Callahan, Austin Hendrick. Uh, maybe Reese Hines is a possibility, but I'd still love to see him as a red. There's a lot of guys that I wouldn't say that they're untradeable, but they better be getting a lot back for them. And especially now, like Graham Ashcraft, he was a guy that uh, Aram Layton we had on back in like January. So this is a way big, way back callback. But he was talking about the Reds farm system and he says, watch out for this guy, Graham Ashcraft. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's been really good. I mean, I don't think he's given up a run in like the last 30 innings. He's been fantastic. They promoted him from Dayton. And his first like three or four starts in Chattanooga, he still hasn't given up a run. So he is a dude that I don't necessarily know that I want the Reds. I mean, maybe they think they could sell high on him, or maybe they think that he's just scratching the surface and he's going to continue to improve. That That's something that's interesting to note because you've got guys like Hunter Green, Nick Ladello, and Jose Barrero who are all due up next year. I mean, I think we're going to see all three of those guys on the Major League roster and making big contributions. So do you go get a Cattell Marte who can play shortstop and then whenever Barrero's up, he can play in the outfield or do something else? I don't know. Do you go get a rental infielder for something like that? That's an interesting question because it all comes back to what is the cost that Trevor story is going to cost too much. I, I don't want the Reds to uh, mortgage any kind of future because it feels like they're close they don't have to go big or go home in the trade market, but it also feels like they need one or two pieces. So I think I'm talking myself into a circle. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see the Reds get better, but for the right price. It's like, I mean, this is a cross sport reference, but there were talks of the Lakers possibly getting Kimball Walker for, and, and they'd have to trade a first round pick and Kyle Kuzma to get them. That's an overpay. I mean, that, that would be like the Reds going and getting Trevor Story, but trading, I don't know, Jesse Winker and uh, maybe Jose Barrero to get him. Definitely, definitely not interested in that. So with the trade season underway and us looking at possible guys, it's always interesting to note that whoever you trade, and, and the perfect example is on the roster right now. And I know that he's dealing with a bit of an ankle issue at the moment. I hope that he can avoid the IL. He came out of last night's game early and David Bell is doubtful that he's going to put him in the lineup today. 
But Jonathan India is the perfect example of this. For like the last two or three years, the question has been, who are we trading Jonathan India for? Jonathan India could get this guy. Or if we trade Jonathan India, we could get this guy. Or if we put India in this package, we can get this guy. Aren't we glad none of that happened? This dude is awesome. And yeah, I know that there's plenty of guys that don't pan out, but the Reds have a very strong looking minor league system right now. I'm almost hesitant to deal anybody. It's going to be interesting to see how the Reds approach this. So early game today. That's why I really didn't focus too much on previews of pitchers and stuff like that. There's a good chance you're watching this after the game. Hopefully the Reds got back on the winning track. The nice thing is about having that terrible, awful, horrible, no good, very bad day against the Royals on Tuesday, they get to play the Royals again on Wednesday. And the Royals, despite that crazy comeback, are still not very good. So the Reds can get back on the right track before heading to Milwaukee. And they got Sonny Gray on the mound to do it. Hopefully that's what happened if you're watching this after the fact. But that's going to do it for us here today. Today's episode has been brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Make sure that you go download the app on your iOS device or your Android device and join me in a room later this week. Now, go check out the Locked On MLB podcast. It's Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully has a great knowledge of a wealth of knowledge. Some might say of major league baseball, both present and past. And he imparts it to you each and every day. Check out the locked on MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcast, but that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to the locked on reds podcast. And I will talk to each. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.